Well, amen, amen. We come to our part of our worship service that we get to receive the message today. I'm so glad to be here as excited as we continue on with a sermon series of Peeled, Revealing the Fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you're here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Ayala. For those of you who are joining online, thank you so much for doing so. As we continue to seek in ways that we can grow in the fruit of the Spirit. When we give our lives to Christ, we are given the Holy Spirit with power, but also not just with power, the Holy Spirit's responsibility also is to remind us of what Jesus had done and to continues to do, that God's work continues to do through us, for us, and through us on a daily basis, and how we're able to continue to produce much fruit that God has given us. Now, one of the things that, uh, for the children, you know you have the Kidman, we have the bingo this week, and so words, uh, the instructions are there, make sure when you fill it out, you go back to the Kidman table for a reward. Now, one of the things uh, as, that we're doing throughout this series is we're, re- we're remaining with the anchor verse, meaning that it's the same verse throughout this series, and it's found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. And I'm going to invite you to please open up your Bible or your devices to that scripture reference. Verses 22 and 23. I'll be reading from the NLT version. The Bible says this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now, last week, I shared with you that one of the reasons that Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians was that he heard that there were Judaizers who were uh, influencing the church, saying that it was more of a requirement for those who lived their, their, their Christian faith to go under the Mosaic law. And you know, it's interesting, last night, as I usually do on Saturdays when I'm going to uh, preach the next day, um, I usually go through my sermon notes, I read them out loud, and I say, okay, what should I say here? What should I say here? And I was reading this portion about what, uh, uh, the reason why Paul wrote this letter, and then my son was in the, happened to be in the room, he was like, Judaizers, what is that? And I told him about, you know, those, that group, that tries to make the influence for those to follow uh, in the Christian faith, to follow the Mosaic law. He was like, Judaizer, oh, oh like, like Jesus cops. I'm thinking, Jesus cops? Why do you say that? Because they follow the law. I was like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> yep, yep, I think that's an offspring of me, you know, with the, it, it's, <laughs> sometimes, you know, I, I say jokes and be like, that wasn't a good one, puppy. That wasn't a good one. But we laughed it out yesterday. But Jesus cops, okay, well, if you think about Judaizers as Jesus cops, something that will remind you, that's all good too. But Paul shared this, the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit, as we re- read in these two verses, and the end of that verse 23, he mentioned, that's why he mentions, there is no law against these. Again, the fruit, the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. So today... We are going to look at joy. Now, we got to think about that joy when we think uh, joy or happiness, the emotions. Don't mix them up, you know, because it can mean different things. For example, the happiness is based on emotions that is temporary to what we're feeling at that very moment. When we think about happiness, you may think, you know, oh, the, the pursuit of happiness. 
Well, the pursuit of happiness is defined as a fundamental right mentioned in the Declaration of Independence to freely pursue joy and live life in a way that makes you happy. As long as you don't do anything illegal or violate the rights of others. When we think about the pursuit of happiness, I think about a movie back in 2006 uh, that uh, aired, uh, the author was, uh, uh, actor was J- uh, Will Smith, and uh, he was portraying a, a homeless salesman, and he was with his son, you know, actually in real life, the son, uh, Jaden. The pursuit of happiness. I love that movie, and speaking about movies, I don't know about you, but I love, uh, like, Disney Pixar movies. I was reminded this past week by Ms. Jody Sell that there is a movie out there that's titled The Inside Out. And maybe the kids be like, ooh, I know what that is, I know what that is. Maybe some of you adults. My wife put it on today, uh, this week just to make sure that I'm reminded of it. So it's a, there's an entire character personifying joy. She has conflict with the anger, with disgust, with fear and sadness in the midst of the family moving and also dealing with quick changes. See, the pursuit of happiness or the joy and the character I just mentioned are not what this joy of the fruit of the Spirit is referring to. It is knowing the joy of Jesus' presence in your life. It is a joy that is connected to our eternal salvation. I'm going to ask you to please open up your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. Here we're going to see how Peter speaks to us of the joy that can come from the assurance of eternal salvation. Beginning on verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through the many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Amen. Now, joy comes from hope. Hope comes from the knowledge that Jesus was raised from the dead. He overcame death, and we can live with a great expectation, as Peter said here, that he, like him, we too can overcome death. 
And that's why the scripture says here, it says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. So I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen. I like that there's going to be joy ahead. But that other part you can just leave out, right? You can leave out that you're going to have to suffer through trials for a little while. You see, future hope can bring present comfort. Peter was addressing Christians at a time when they were severely harassed and persecuted simply because they believed in Jesus. He encouraged them to see their many trials from an eternal perspective, and they must endure for a little while. We do not have to face the trials that they did back then, but we all face Trials. In fact, by the raise of hands here in our church, if you have been through trials, let me see those hands. Amen, amen. For those of you who are online, I can't see you, but I tell you what, how about if you give me those little thumbs up like the likes so that way other people can see that they are not alone going through trials. Now, I'm not saying that those thumbs up, it means that you like going through those trials, but again, it shows others that they are not alone in this battle. And I will never preach to you that just because you gave your life to Christ doesn't mean that you are not going to go through trials, that you're not going to go through circumstances. And in fact, you know, when going through trials, you may feel like you are in the dark. We're reminded in Psalm 23, verse 4, when it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Amen. Amen. In Psalm 30, verse 5, just when things seem the darkest, joy comes. But in that first Peter message, that passage, Peter also tells us that the trials test our faith. We must recognize this and stay strong in our faith, hold firm to our connection to the true vine in Christ Jesus. If we trust him for the ultimate reward, we can, like Peter says, rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Now, many of you know that I love music, and I love to sing, and sometimes whatever's happening in my life or I hear a word, I just break out in song. I may not know all the words to the song, but I just, you know, sometimes beep bop to it. I'm not the only one. In 2002, a worship leader by the name of Daryl Evans wrote a song that's titled, Trading My Sorrows. In an interview, Daryl is recorded saying this. It says, joy isn't tested when things are great. Joy is tested and strength is tested when things are difficult. We are going to run when things get hard and don't understand where are we going to, uh, to go and where are we going to run to when things are, are hard and don't understand. It says, I'm going to run to you, God. I don't get it, but I'm going to trade this for joy and just know that walking with you is more than enough to carry me through. 
If you never heard that song, uh, again, it's probably, again, 2002. Wow, that was uh, 18 years ago. But it was one of those songs that when it, was, when it went on the air that a lot of churches were doing it. So that's the one that says, I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness, I'm trading my pain, I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. And then the, the part says, I'm crushed, I'm pressed but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. I'm blessed beyond the curse for his promise will endure, that his joy is going to be my strength. And though the sorrow may last for the night, his joy comes in the morning. And then that when people all gathered together, they were saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Oh, if you remember that, it says, you're putting everything, laying everything down, your sorrows, your, your pain, your sickness, your shame, laying them down for the joy of the Lord. And how that congregation, when he mentioned that he, 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 uh, he was saying those words and the congregation all came together and saying those words of yes, Lord, yes, Lord. It's one of the greatest things that testimonies that come from people is who they've gone through trials and hard difficulties and horrible circumstances. Oh, to see the joy on their faces and the presence of Jesus in them. Embrace a life of joy and let your joy be an example to others. I have several examples in throughout my life of, the, of how people, when going through trials and tribulations and hardships, they continue to trust in God. I can't go through all of them, and I'm pretty sure that you have someone that you can say, yes, I, anytime I think about this person, I remember what they were going through. But in the midst of what they were going through, they continue praising God. And that was a great example for my life because, oh boy, am I going through trials. But when I think about that person, how? we continue to make sure that the joy that only God can provide can continue to be living in us day after day. Amen. So in addition to our lives and other people's lives of making a difference, we can also turn to Scripture for great examples on joy. Let me give you a few of them. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. In Romans chapter 14, verses 17 and 18, the Bible says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that something, ladies and gentlemen, that here's another scripture passage where we see the characters of the fruit of the Spirit. 
It's not just in Galatians, but we see them. We talk about here the goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And if you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, So you receive the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. Ladies and gentlemen, we will all face trials, and some of us even go through even suffering. When we do, we should see them from an eternal perspective, more from the future backward. That joy is connected to our eternal salvation. There are those of us who like to plan things out, right? When doing so, we tend to put things on the calendar. Then we work backwards to make sure that you complete the things and the tasks that need to be completed in order for when that day comes, those things are already checked off. For example, a trip to uh, Walt Disney World. You get the tickets, you know, you, you make a date, and then from the future, you work backwards to this very moment. What do you have to do to make sure that you get to your destination? Whether it's airfare, whether it's driving, whether how many, uh, how many hours, how many miles are we going to drive in to get there? I mean, it's an example just like that. Another, it, it doesn't have to be Walt Disney World. It could be a regular vacation in your life. You set it on the calendar and you work yourself back, making sure that you have time to look for airfare uh, tickets. You got the hotel, you, what, the plans, so that way when you get there, you've already completed what you needed to do. If you, are, if you are living in debt right now, you can plan on being debt-free, but you set up a date that you say, okay, on this date, this is when we're going to celebrate because we've done all we needed to do and the, 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 the completed task that I needed to do to get there. And when you get there, you can celebrate. And I'm saying the next one because my, uh, my daughter, my firstborn, is going to be having her firstborn uh, next month. I'm going to be a... a, a Abuelo or grandpa, I don't know what name they're going to give me, but it's all good. But here's the part is that she can't, you know, all of a sudden just think about when she's going to give birth. She is already planning ahead. This is what I have to do in order to get to that day. And when that day comes, I can then celebrate knowing that all these other tasks have been completed. And lastly, how about when we have dealt with our wedding day? The wedding day, you set it up, and when you go, you'll be like, okay, these are the things that have to be checked off. You can't leave everything to the very last moment. You can't choose your best man or, 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 or the bridesmaids and things right on the last day before going there. You can't select what kind of cake you're going to have the very last day. There are things that you have to prepare for. Um, prepare for. And why am I saying these examples, ladies and gentlemen? If we who are planning ahead for the future and we start working backwards and we start trying to complete all the tasks that we need to do, why can't we do that for our own plans when we go to heaven? When we say, okay, God, when you come, I don't know what that, what that date is going to be, but let me tell you something, God, I want to be able to work my way into making sure that as I give my life to Christ, when that day comes, I can go with you. 
We can get excited, ladies and gentlemen. The first step is believing God loves you. That Jesus died for you. Another step is to repent of your sins and be washed clean. To accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. To let God place your name in the book of life. To receive the Holy Spirit. To get baptized. Allow God, the gardener, to prune you so that you can produce much fruit in your lives that is pleasing to God. There are steps. Why wait to the last minute? God wants you to live life and live it abundantly. He wants to make sure that you are enjoying life. Even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of trials, that it can test our faith. God loves you. When there are steps that we need to take, why wait to the last moment? It may be too late. Maintaining our connection to Jesus' joy helps us deal with the inevitable, difficult, and tragic situations that we'll face in life. He gives us the strength to endure. In Philippians chapter 4, halfway through 11 to 13, it says here, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living within every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Paul here is echoing the words of the Old Testament leader, Nehemiah, when he told the men under him, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Rick Warren adds his own definition. He said, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Joy comes not only from God's presence in our life today, but also in the promise of his presence in our eternal life. As David said in Psalm 16, verse 11, you will show me the way of life, granting me, of, uh, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Jesus wants and expects us to be joyful by being connected to him. Like the branch and the vine. Jesus said, I am the true vine and you are the branches. In that John 15 passage, verse 11, he says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. We are to be filled with Jesus' joy. The joy we draw from our connection to Jesus will never fail. His last words to us in the Gospel book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 20, it says, Be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of age. Joy is not based on circumstances, but rather our relationship with Christ. 
Joy is not something we can muster up within ourselves. Joy, real joy, comes from Jesus. He is the joy provider. Let us pray. We thank you, God, for Jesus, our joy provider. We thank you that you have not given up on us. We thank you for receiving the word today of the characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit of joy. I pray, God, for everyone who's here, who's continued to be pruned in this fruit of the Spirit, those who have given their life to Christ. In fact, I'm going to pause for a moment, and anyone, or those of you online or anyone here, if you are saying, I need Jesus in my life, I need to know that assurance of joy is not based on our current circumstances, but the way I'm looking towards the eternal salvation. So pray, if you, if you are here for the, uh, again, and you're thinking about God, Jesus, it's time for me to give my life to you. For those online, just pray this prayer. And God, I heard your word today. It's been in my heart to know that I cannot continue this life without you. I've gone through trials. I've gone through tribulations. But today, I heard that the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy for eternal salvation. So God, I believe you sent Jesus to die for me. I repent of my sins. I accept it in my life and in my heart. Continue to help me, to prune me, to produce the fruit of joy and the others in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be able to celebrate with you. Let me know that you've given your life to Christ. Send it to me at PastorRicky at NewHanoverUMC.org. I'd love to be able to, again, celebrate with you and contact with you and connect with you. A few things I want to share before I I finish the service and turn it over to Ms. Carly and the band. As a reminder, this coming Friday, August 21st, at 7 p.m., we'll be here in our parking lot for our outdoor worship service. Obviously, it's uh, weather permitting because it's outside. But you don't, you don't need tickets, but I do encourage you to register uh, through our church center app or uh, through our website. Also, the Christmas. We don't know, we don't know what's going to happen during Christmas time, but one of the things that we're excited about is that we're going to do something outside. That's our goal, December 10th through the 13th from 6 to 8 p.m. But one of the things, it's more of a, of a walk to the manger, but we're going to need volunteers. And knowing this wonderful church, I know we can do it because we have stepped up in many ways and many times. So again, you can uh, go into our church center app and then uh, share that you are willing to volunteer for, again, December uh, 10th through the 13th from 6 to 8. And also our worship. I encourage you to worship in person again next week. It's also available in our church center app. May God continue to bless you. May the power of the Holy Spirit continue to guide you to know we continue to grow in his spirit and to produce the fruit that is pleasing to God.
May God bless all of you. Let's finish out this service with a song that's titled, My Lighthouse.